Hey everybody, uh, we're back. This is uh, Kelly Dixon with the Better Call Saul. I guess we should call it the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast. Yeah, I didn't say that before, but I guess that's yeah. That now that's the name. This the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast. Now, um, uh, my name is Kelly Dixon. I'm here with Vince Gilligan. Hello, Peter Gould. Hey, Michelle McLaren, the director of episode 102. Hello, and special guest, Mr. Bob Odenkirk. Hi. And my assistant and co-editor at Times and co-host, Chris McCaleb. Hello. So uh, we're here for episode 102. I think we need to do a, a little bit of faster job, but that was episode one, and episode one needed a lot of, you know, uh, pre, pre-lap pre or whatever, you know. We needed, totally. We needed to give all that stuff. Yeah. Um, the one thing that we didn't talk about last week, and I do want to talk to Bob about this, this was a behind-the-scenes thing that I heard. Uh, Chris and I actually went to visit Vince in Albuquerque. And Michelle, actually, you were prepping. Mm-hmm. And Vince was shooting episode one. And Chris and I went to visit for like four days or so. Um, it was a week. Um, it was great. To, uh, to Albuquerque to watch the, the work being done. We were usually work watch in... the uh, magic happen. Exactly. Well, the magic usually happens here in post. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, we, that was we, good. We're usually, in, uh, we're usually in Los Angeles and we don't get to Albuquerque. So this time... Uh, we were not going to start uh, cutting until episode 102, so we went to Albuquerque for a week to watch, you know, work on, on 101 and the prep of 102. And one of the things that I heard while I was there, and now I've actually confirmed it with Bob and he's actually agreed to talk about it, is that uh, on the weekends, uh, you know, Bob is in every, you know, practically every scene, if not every scene, and on the weekends, I heard that you just refused to speak. Yeah, well, it wasn't because I was uh, <laughs> angry at the world, although I am angry at the world now that we bring it up. Um, I had uh, done something to my voice like three weeks before we started shooting. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what is this thing in my throat? I'm hearing it all the time. And I went, uh, I kept waiting for it to go away and doing all these silly little things that they recommend that you get at the drugstore and didn't go away. And I went in to see a doctor in uh, Albuquerque, and they took a picture of this tear in my vocal cords. Oh, I geez. tore them. I thought it was because of this scene I did with Tim and Eric on this show called uh, Bedtime Stories. But then I was like, no, you know what I did? Because I'm sure of this, although I can't name the date or whatever. I'm sure it was in traffic in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I was in traffic going, what the I mean, that's how mad I get in the car alone. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, that's so dumb to get that angry at <laughs> some <laughs> aspect of the environment that isn't going to change. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn air. <laughs> uh, why do you have to be so invisible? <laughs> um when it did, it couldn't have helped. I'm sure point. that's how I tore it. And yeah. she said some, it's from yelling really fast and loud and yeah. hard. So anyways, I think I still kind of have it hanging out. I really have to shut up for like a month for it to go away. Oh. Wow. But I'm okay with where I'm at right now. But I will try to. But I, it, I felt bad in 101 because you did the network thing uh, when you first met Hamlin. Yeah. You know, you have meddled with the primal forces yeah, of yeah, nature. Yeah, yeah. And it would get worse if I did a scene like that. It would get worse as the yeah. day went. It would get really bad. So mm-hmm. that I would, like, words would drop out. Like, little, there'd be dropouts in my 
So, so it was really scary. I was sweating about it all day. So I'd shut up on the weekends. But honestly, to really get rid of it, I need to not talk for like a month, which can be done. John Hamm and I talked about it because he actually had something worse than oh, what I had. Oh, yeah? He had to go get surgery. Oh, Jesus. And then not talk for a month. Oh, man. Wow. How does a guy like you or John Hamm fit that into? How, where did, well, when did I John can find fit that it. In? I can do it before the next season starts. Okay. I'll have like May and yeah. maybe June or even maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe yeah. July. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Oh, you know. All right, where good. do you go to be quiet? It helps to be in Albuquerque. Honestly, um, but uh, wherever you go, you have to. It's not that. It's you got to manage your life. You, know, you have to everyone understand that that's you have to be quiet. And also, you have to not really not talk. Yeah. Like not even a little. Mm-hmm. Like whispering doesn't count. Whispering doesn't help. Really? Yeah. Well, is it is it true that um, when you were sort of developing your relationship with Ray, with you and guys working yeah. together, you would instead of communicating yeah, because verbally, we would you'd spend write... the weekends. We would spend a lot of time together on the weekends. Me and Ray. And Michael and whoever was around, but yeah. Ray and I a lot. You know, she she really hung out down there um, just to get acclimated to the environment and the show. And uh, we would go up to Santa Fe, and I would just write to her in little notes. You know, I, I couldn't talk to her, so uh, but it was. Great. That's such a f- cool way to develop a relationship it with is. someone because then it's it, you it have helps those thoughts. that yeah. we share a lot of interests and we get along. Right. <laughs> if we yeah. didn't, it would yeah. be just awkward and weird and that's that is when you really know someone and, and are comfortable when you don't feel the need when to you fill have to all talk. the silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah she's point. a pretty get along type. She's a sweetheart. We love. We got. Um, um, this is only the second we've we've done, and thank God we're doing these in order. This at is least Ray so Seahorn who plays Kim. Yeah, Ray Seahorn <laughs> who plays. We got to get her on the podcast. Uh, we haven't gotten there yet, but I'm certainly hoping we will. She's so. the best. And she and she. I've never seen an actor or actress hang out on the set when they weren't working as much as Ray did because oh, yeah. she just likes drinking it all in and learning yeah. learning about jobs that she doesn't do and, and yeah. learning how the whole process is done from start to finish. She's great. She's, she's great. Cool. Well, oh, yeah. Well and done, she's guys. funny. Very she's funny. funny and oh, yeah. smart. And cute. Yep. So as cute as you can be. So where we left the episode, where we left the first episode last week um, Heart was... Heartstopper. Yeah. Yes. And so... Uh, let's talk talk a little bit, uh, you and Peter, if you don't mind, about your decision, because I know that, um, uh, you know, there have been talk of uh, Brian getting into the show and Walter White and Jesse and stuff like that, and you've got Mike in there, and who knows who else you're going to get in there, but the first one that you decided to put in there was Tuco. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, where that came from and why you guys decided? We were, and the coincidence that that is coincidence. It's not well the fact that you know he could have rolled up on anybody. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I prefer the word circumstance to coincidence. But you you know we were think we were working on the story and we were interested in what was going to happen once once Jimmy decides he's going to use these skateboarders to to get. To get back at Hamlin and then get the get the Kettlemans into into his camp, and we we got to a certain point in the story, and in fact there was a, there was an early version where Jimmy ended up outside Hamlin's house, but then we thought about it some more, and we thought, well, what if what's the worst 
circumstance that he could get himself into. Well, who would be the worst person to open the door when you knock? Yeah. And we and we thought, well, the worst. Per- well, that would be that would be Tuco. Yeah. That'd be Tuco. Oh, and yeah. and I, I think we it took you a little while. You have such an array took, of worst people. That's true. No, no, that's <laughs> true. But you know, that's if there true. was a Gus type, you can reason with Gus Fring. That's you right. can reason right. with. Crazy eight. You can reason right. with wait the the guys you couldn't reason with aside from the cousins would be would be Tuco. Tuco. And, yeah. and oh, right. I mean that's a challenge, especially if your superpower is is talking. How do yeah. you how do you and so it, we it was it was I think it was uh, it was just as instinctive as saying who's the worst person this could be. And then I, I think we were a little we had to think about it a, a while because we didn't. The show really is intended to stand on its own and not, not be just a series of cameos. Yeah. Right. But then when we started thinking about what would happen once Jimmy and Tuco were uh, were in the same in the same scene in the same episode, one of the things that came up was, "Gee, wouldn't it be great if we could yeah. get Michelle to direct this one?" Oh God, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> wouldn't hey, boy? Wouldn't that be fantastic oh, yeah. to get Michelle McLaren? Uh, to direct the second Are you episode. Kidding! I was so honored that you guys asked. How could we awesome. not? Of course, you know we wanted, we very selfishly wanted uh, Michelle uh, to be a, as integral a part uh, on this show as 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 on the last show, but uh, she very smartly has uh, decided to go on and direct giant movies instead. <laughs> She got shit to do. Important, important shit. Oh, are you uh, kidding? There's nothing better than working with you guys and and directing, producing shows that you guys write. So I'm so honored. Well, I got to tell you, it is is just one of many wonderful movies uh, you will be directing and and big television projects and, and the sky's the limit and you know I'm, you know how much we love you we all love you and you're you're we're lucky to have you direct this well, episode oh uh, Vince thank you so much that is so generous and kind to say and and um whether it's it's television or, or movies or whatever it is it all starts with the writing and a, a good script is the most important ingredient and working with you guys it's that's always a guarantee and I'm I'm so grateful for that opportunity whenever I can well, it was it was an special thrill for me because uh, on Breaking Bad we often would sh- pass like ships in the night. That's right. And so uh, I think I only wrote half an episode that you, despite the fact that you directed more than anyone else, more yeah. episodes of Breaking Bad. I think we only worked together on maybe uh, maybe half an episode. And what a half an episode it was, it which was. was the you know the scene where Gus wipes out uh, Don Eladio's gang. Oh yeah. But on this this ep- this show. One of the reasons, obviously, you're a fantastic director, but one of the questions for us really was, what is the tone of this? How does it, you know, how does it, how does the show feel? And and of course, we had the advantage of having Vince direct episode one, but you know, could you? Was it a different? Sh- how, how did you it's, approach it? Well, it was interesting. Um, Vince and I talked a lot, and and uh, Vince and and Peter and I talked a lot, and um, Vince, you had already started establishing some new styles, um, the Zoom, and and not that the Zoom is new, but they for this for this uh, particular show, and um, and we weren't quite sure of all the different ways we were going to play with it, but that that Zoom was was one that we had yeah. fun with, and yeah. and and um, and I was really inspired. I watched a lot of Vince Vince's dailies, and I was really inspired by some of the stuff that you did, which I thought was awesome and um and then we played around with it a bit and and you know there was things that happened because it, it, it evolves you know you don't any show any new show is, is an evolution and um there was things that happened in prep that surprised me and one of them was it's not a huge thing but was the selection of the bar 
uh, that we had the scene in with um, Bob and, and Jamie Lunar, oh, yeah. because that was a bar that you would never see in Breaking Bad. That's and, true. It, and, and I remember thinking, wow, okay, so right. Saul's, I mean, um, Jimmy's yeah. hanging out here. That's really interesting. And it made me start to think of it in a, in a different light. And so oh. I think, and I and when we first started looking for the location, we weren't looking at places like that. And I think it was one of you two, Peter or Vance, who said, you know what, let's let's make it more upscale. Mm. And, and I think that those types of decisions uh, helped the tone of the piece start to to evolve and and I shot yeah. it a little differently than I think I would have shot something in in yeah. Breaking Bad and and you yeah. just everything it's you know it's a it's a team effort um and you just start thinking I, I will say this that I have never laughed so hard in a film set in my life yeah. I, I I truly and it, even though um the that this isn't a comedy just with the nature of of Jimmy's character and yeah. and Bob's yeah. so brilliant at playing it that um th- and the scene that we did. Uh, in the montage in the courtroom, oh, right. there is so, so. Well, I've never had the privilege <laughs> of of seeing Bob do live improv, and I will tell you, it is absolutely beyond brilliant. And I, weren't I, you telling me it was like two in the morning when you it was about that? four o'clock in the morning? Ooh. And oh my God. Um, and we and and somebody said because I've never directed straight comedy, and somebody had said to me recently when you're directing, you know, Will Ferrell and people like that, wasn't even in contact with Better Call Saul, but I'm glad I had this conversation before we shot it. They said, you let the cameras roll. You just let those guys yeah. go because they will keep trying stuff and, and, and you just you just don't cut, let it go. Yeah. So when we did this, um, and it was, Bob was ad-libbing, Bob and I taught, we'd, we'd throw out scenarios, like I'd say, okay, you know, this yeah. person is this or whatever, and then Bob would just go with it and he would go and go and go. And it was absolutely brilliant. And um, he would get to the point where the, the people in the scene couldn't contain themselves anymore, and everybody was shaking. We were all crying behind camera. We're laughing so hard. And finally, and I love it when comedians do this, Bob cracked himself up. And when you cracked yourself up, the whole place, was that was permission to lose it. And I'll, I will tell you, there's, there's the most incredible outtakes that I hope end up on a, on a DVD that are, are, are genius. And Shit, we got to get these in the camera. Oh, my God, it is yeah. just... I just had fun. You know, I mean, the kid, The truth is there's a lot of seeds in Better Call Saul that are heavy, dramatic dramatic and heavy and kind of, um, if, you're, if you're playing Jimmy, which I am, <laughs> uh, you know, like way, way on you. So it's really nice to just, you, you were recording sound, I suppose, but you didn't yeah. need the audio. So right. I got to say we whatever I wanted. We, use we, it. we do use it. We, we do use it. Pieces of it. But we weren't, we weren't, You're gonna like it, it wasn't, it we didn't great. have to count on on the audio, but I, so I, I wish everybody around. could hear it. I, so wish, I got to make yeah. myself, you know, take a, it's the most fun is to take an incredibly dry, quiet, uh, moment that maybe it's actually the high, the, the heightened, um, stakes don't necessarily help. It's just nice to take silence and, and fuck with it. That, mm-hmm. that is what makes you laugh, especially like, really um, mundane silence Mm -hmm. is wonderful to play with. On this case, I'm in a courtroom and so the stakes are kind of high, but it's still fun to to just dick around with it. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. it was was And then of course you just, I mean, it is really how I perform. And when people say, how do you move from comedy to drama? I mean, that's a great example. I mean, I knew that if you turned off the sound, it didn't look like I was being funny. Exactly. I was. Being right, a right, lawyer, right, pleading, right. and and so that you know, and that there, that's the example of somebody said, uh, what was it? Somebody said Terry Gilliam gave a quote that was like, uh, it's an old quote. Tragedy is 
is just comedy where the main character doesn't know he's being funny. How <laughs> 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 funny he is. Or here's yeah. here's my story. I got to tell if we're talking about the montage. I, I got to tell this. I love this. Uh, Peter wrote this episode, did an outstanding job writing it, and there's the scene in the script and in the montage with the guy with the snake on his face. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and so Peter in the script it says a guy with a snake tattoo on his face, and 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 uh, Jimmy says, uh, you know, uh, listen very carefully. I'm sorry, Your Honor. I'll never do it again. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, how are we going to get a guy with a snake in his face? And and that guy's that's a real tattoo. So there is a but guy out there him. with a snake in yeah, his face. Yeah. And I remember Peter, God nice guy. And, and Peter was like, I don't know if this is the right snake. And I'm like, Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy with a fucking snake on his face. <laughs> yes, this is the guy. This guy or nobody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I, love I had him. a very specific snake in mind. But I love because that's what Kubrick would have done. Kubrick would have said, eh, you know, it's, oh, not, yeah, the, it's not the snake I was guy getting, I was getting, well, that, 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 that montage, uh, you know, it's, it, it was, I, I knew if we were going to do, and this is, you know, this goes back to our history together, all working together, that Michelle, Mc, you put the words Michelle McLaren and montage together, you know you're going to get something spectacular. Oh. And so I just, uh, that was one of the reasons I was so excited. But, however, it's, it's, uh, as a writer, you want to give the director something interesting to do, and it's I, I like writing visually, and so we we went and Michelle and I actually spent you know some you know some some serious time talking about what we could accomplish in the time we had, and then also what what the point of it all was and all the different beats, and that was uh, that was just put, so. And then we put hundred pounds more into it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And you know there were there were so many bits in that scene that I did not think just as Bob just Bob you haven't seen it. There, there are so many bits that I thought were going to play with just music that, were, and so I wrote some uh, what we call pocket dialogue, which is dialogue which, which you're not really expecting necessarily to even see on screen, doesn't, and it it. I didn't even think it was, it, I was, you know, it was just pocket dialogue. Right. I was kind of rattling it off. And Bob, when you and Jonathan Banks, I'm thinking specifically at the booth, when oh, you yeah. started doing, oh, yeah. there's oh, especially yeah. there's one line about the troll under the yeah. bridge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. And, and I do remember sitting there thinking, you know, that's kind of, that's almost good enough to be in an episode. Ah, I'll put in the pocket dialogue. And you, you, you do, you give it, you give it such a spin yeah, that, yeah. of course, we, Brought the sound up, and there's the pocket dialogue. Oh, yeah. nice. It's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you hear, you hear all Troll that Troll alert. Stuff. Don't feed it. <laughs> Conversely, and you don't know about this either because you haven't seen the episode, there's a whole scene with wonderfully scripted dialogue by Mr. Mm -hmm. Gould mm -hmm. that we took all the dialogue right. out. What scene? The scene with Jamie Lunar. The scene uh, where you are, are cozying up to well, the, to the beautiful you, lady at the bar. The chocolate. Oh, chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. You, yeah. Chocolate, oh, yeah. chocolate milk. It was. It's wonderful dialogue. But we were we were we were on the editing room, and and it's wonderful dialogue. Uh, but this was coming on the heels of you, your character having watched. I know. The guy break the guy's leg. Uh, uh, right, Tuco right, break right, the right, right, kid's right. legs. And it's clear as a bell well, without cool. without the dialogue that you're, well, she's a gorgeous woman and you're hitting on her and she's looking receptive. It's just as clear as crystal without any of the words. Right. And we were watching it and we thought at one point the words, which are great, but they're very specific because... Um, Do you see it from one angle or is it cut oh, from oh different no, it's, angles? It's You'll see beautifully it. cut by Kelly. Yes. Uh, and, and so it's cut like you, you would not, have dialogue. It's just that there's music there. 
Yeah, there's you, a, you, a. I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah. You can't hear what I'm saying. And she's talking too, and you can't hear what either. But it's more like it plays like a mini montage, like, like right. body body language. We know what's happening. It's it's That's fantastic. And then what we can deal with that. There's a great sort of song group, underneath group it. Yeah, and there's a great idea. there's a great piece of music that that our music supervisor Thomas Golovich found, and really that the only thing that we start to hear then is those uh, breadsticks breaking, which is really pretty cool. It's that really is cool. So smart. Because the dialogue is so cool, but. And Jamie did a great job. And Jamie too. did a she great was, job. Jamie's great. She, she did, did a wonderful job. It. And that, that yeah. is, if that was, if there was any hesitation I had over, because yeah. there's nothing I like better than scenes without dialogue. Right. Yeah. Uh, and if that was, there was my only hesitation. She still was, does a great Jay, job, though. Jay, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jamie, yeah, yeah, she's so wonderful that yeah. I, I hate, I hated to, uh, to take the words away, but you, it was the, yeah. it was, it works great. Yeah. It plays the like gangbusters. The intention is so clear because the two actors, Jamie and Bob, are so good that because the dialogue is about. As I recall, it's about you saying to her, at, by way of, of talking up a beautiful lady at a bar um, in, in order to take her home, take her to bed, you're, you're just making conversation. And the conversation is, what was it you used to like to drink when you were a little kid and you were playing out in the backyard and it was hot and you yeah. got thirsty? And, yeah. and you say, chocolate milk, that's what I love, mm-hmm. chocolate milk. And it's all great stuff. The more we were looking at it, the more it was sort of like I, I had this image in my head of the audience saying, hmm, chocolate milk. This, the specificity of it is going to be important story-wise. Right. And it really was not the intention. And so I think we were sitting there saying, somebody said, you know, try it without the sound or whatnot. And, and the, uh, you know, but it really, it wouldn't work without these two great actors, but it also wouldn't work without the great editing and the great directing by Michelle, but also the other element, the other piston that all pistons are firing on here was that music, that piece of music. And mm-hmm. and what is, damn it, what is a piece of music? It's, uh, it's, I think it's... Uh, is it a popular song? It's or? it's an old... It's uh, Esquivel. It's, Esqu- it's, Esquivel. it's Esquivel, that's it's what it is. Esquivel. It's an old it's, 60s it's an lounge. I believe. Wonderful yeah. 60s yeah. Esquivel. Kind of lounge it, it, music. This, yeah. yeah, he was the king of lounge. And the, yeah. the thing that I, the thing I love about it and the rhythm of the episode is it comes right off of that Horrible. Bravura, how do you say Bravura, that word? That yeah. the Bravura scene that that Bob that you do and that you and 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 Ray Ray Cruz and Michelle directs and it Michael so beautifully Mondo. out and Michael Mondo out in the desert yeah. that uh, is that is just so spectacularly um, that whole put act. together. Yeah, can yeah. we the entire act? That's yeah. a crazy. Can we talk yeah, a little bit about that because I know that we're going to lose Bob in a little oh, okay. time. Okay, all I have is questions for Michelle. Okay, yeah, well, okay, go. well, yeah, yeah, you two, because I know that the scene, you guys were out there for like two days, I think, right? 13 pages. 13 pages. Yeah, it's a whole it's a act. Plus minutes. And Bob, scene. you spent most of the whole thing on your knees. It's like in handcuffs. How in, unpleasant was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that act of television. How unpleasant. I mean, but oh, the other thing, that's, the, that's the other thing. I think that at that point, that was one of the things I, I that mean, I was noticing. I directed. Okay, yeah. so when I looked at that 13 pages in the desert, I'm like, and I've directed comedy where you're like, eh, it's like two, it's seven pages long, it'll take one, you know, seven minutes to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a minute per page, it'll take us seven minutes to shoot. You're just constantly over uh, planning that it'll be so easy and we could do this and. With comedy shows, there's always like, you know, hey, give me two days, I'll shoot the whole three hours. It'll be fine. It'll be <laughs> more than three hours in two days. <laughs> and uh, but I was looking at that 13 pages and going, I don't know how I would shoot this for a comedy show. 
Right. I looked that's, at it too, and I yeah, thought I wouldn't know how to it shoot was, this. It was, yeah. right. And then it just was a clever thing that I never thought of, which is that you shifted us around in the desert to keep the sun in the right place. Yeah. Even at that, though, that last moment was shot with that sun going down. Well, yeah. And if Thank you, you used it, and you did yeah. use we it. We did use Arthur it. Arthur Albert yeah. or DP. Because I saw it in the promo. Yeah. yeah. And sun it looked like the sun was up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the sun was barely up. Oh, boy. Like, was it, it wasn't up. really yeah. up. No, it was it was tough. The, 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 but what you're saying, Bob, which is so true, is that um, the desert, and really any way you look, it's the same. Yeah. And so we would rotate our blocking yeah. to the light. So you'd have to try and remember the same proximity to each other. It was it was like working really in hard. it. It was really, really hard. really hard because we had a lot. So we, we had the whole thing uh, blocked out, you yeah. know. And and what we did we rehearsed the whole scene, which was which was great. And then we shot the rehearsal from up high on the wide shots. You remember we shot the. The, from the crane from the crane yeah. yeah and and we got back on a really wide lens and we shot those and um and it was really great to rehearse the whole thing um so everybody got relationship to one another but then you had of course had to remember that relationship for the next day and we had to shift everything according to sun and direction so it was it was challenging but the actors did such an amazing job it was and it was tough because of the elements i mean it it was was, hot and cold and and dusty it's amazing you did that Oh, and Bob has a suit and a tie. It was day one and two, right? It was day one and two, remember? Yeah. Oh, my God. Shit out there. And, yeah. and in fact, I hate, this, I hate to admit this, but the way we broke this in the, in the writer's room was in, inside a, like a warehouse. Yeah. That we we had originally talked about this the inside of a warehouse and then as I was the lobby of a hotel in France, (laughs) (laughs) France. As I was writing it, I thought to myself, you know, it's just we're in a warehouse and we found Michelle's directing this. Why would we want to be inside a warehouse for this whole act? I'm glad you took it out of a warehouse. So we put it we put it out in in our classic classic desert. That's awesome. It's just so great. And and tell them. Uh, you're rotating everything constantly for the sun as the sun clocks across the sky on the two days, two two straight days it took to shoot it, because the sun, the DPs always want the sun. Uh, to you want to be light. shooting into the sun. You want to be shooting into the sun. Yeah. So you you we rarely shoot north because um, things are flat. But uh, so in the morning you want to you want to move in the direction of of the sun. So we'd be looking at the mountains. Um, in the in the morning when the sun's rising, right. so we're looking east, and then as the day goes through, you can look south pretty much any time that you want. And then at the end of the day, you want to be right. looking you, you uh, start west. Off, you're looking. Am I looking? Did I get that backwards? No, I no, you got it right. Got yeah. it right. And your your um, eyes your eyes are getting tired as hell because you're always staring into the sun all day long. You right. start off looking east, and then you're clocking uh, southeast, uh, uh, south, uh, southwest, west. Right. Yeah. And then I'll tell you one of the shots we did in that, which was inspired by Vince Gilligan in your Zoom thing was that was that last shot the last shot is a great it's it's nothing but great shots that last shot is the greatest of all it's well it was really fun to do when the they broke the legs and we did that that whole uh zoom push in and actually i think it was all done on the zoom lens because we we had to track uh right to left so um that whole last shot is is a zoom which is not something that we normally do and yeah, yeah. you know and and this is this is unique i think or or something spe- very spe- specific to better call saul and um and it was really fun and so we had to really rehearse that and time it so just as the camera was getting 
past the legs, you know, we could hear the first crack, and then we wanted certain dialogue yeah. to to be on camera, and then just pushing into Bob's face the the whole time. Yeah. The, the time, the actors did a great job they with did. that because it, it doesn't look that difficult, but actually it's, it's a difficult thing to do, and we had to do it several times, and everybody just nailed it. And, and what's wonderful about that, too, the way it plays, is it leaves so much to your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, ultimately the scene is about what's happening to Jimmy as much as anything else. And so there's just enough. Yeah. Uh, and certainly when you hear it, it's it's just incredibly disturbing. Right. But there's not, it's not, it's not particularly bloody. No, there's no, it's visceral. It's yeah. visceral yeah. without being, without being bloody, yeah. and, which is, I think, yeah. what we were all hoping the for. The beautiful framing job is Raymond Cruz's leg mm -hmm. goes up and he stomps just as the zoom allows for his victim to be just out of frame. It's beautiful. So really, it, the camera guys. I mean, we really have to give major, no, major credit yeah. to the to the camera guys in getting that that timing right because there's, there's somebody yeah. operating. There's two different people operating. Yeah. You know, ones on the zoom and and ones on the camera, and and uh, and that timing is very intricate. Although in that case, only it's just a one or one one. It's only one camera you're seeing. But then let's give it some was, credit to the director. Yeah. Great, there a, great there job. There was a yes. cam working though at the time. There was. A we did. We had coverage. Yeah, but but but, but yeah. the way it's, the way it's it. cut, yeah. you're not using it. I mean, our intention but, was always to do it in a winter, but you have a B camera, you get a piece of coverage just in case. But yeah. Bob, <laughs> Bob, what do you what do you when you're when you're in there when you're out there doing that and you're reacting to something like that? I mean, what what is your what is your pro? I mean, we talked about your process about dialogue, but what about a, a moment like that, which is really about your reaction and your inner life? Uh, probably the same as any actor. Um, I actually, I'm writing a short piece because I write comedy short bits. It's called <laughs> An Actor Prepares, and it's just a monologue of like, What's for dinner tonight? I should eat. And it's just all <laughs> extraneous bullshit. Uh, it's going through his head. Nothing about what he's going to do. The scene itself. Um, I mean, the challenge uh, with moments like that, where it's about experiencing something and, and experiencing something you haven't experienced in your life and, and it, reacting in a realistic way and uh, feeling it is... I mean, you try to get your head into that space. You try to believe in that universe that you're in and then the consequences, and you ask yourself what they are, and you and you do think about things in your life that are whatever, close to that, that you've yeah. seen or experienced. And, you know, we all have been in car accidents or whatever the dumbest thing. Uh, you ever hit your head on concrete, like yeah. running Ice and one you time. hit your head? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or do you ever, yeah. you know, like there's a wall where you didn't think there was. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, we've all felt that shock and that, yeah. you know, so you try to get yourself back in that place and you try to stay in the mindset of the, those moments from your life. That becomes um, what you're doing uh, with your time and your day. and. And it takes a lot of energy, and uh, you can't you can't read a book or anything. Like well, you, you, you have said, to just kind of like sit quietly and stay there. And it's a weird kind of self hypnosis. Hmm. You're great about um, you like to stay uncomfortable, meaning it was really uncomfortable yeah. what you were doing in the desert. Yeah. And a lot of the time, you would choose to stay 
in that right. position. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it, there gets yeah, a point yeah, where true. you you get it's stiff. True. You can get anybody up, you does, know. but you know, you could get up and wander away. And, and you a go lot in your time, trailer, you could insist right. on it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that and that's the other thing too is everybody was great. They all they all stayed no, right on set. No, it helps you to play the moment to feel it to mm-hmm. feel beat up and grimy and. Wow. Scared and oh, you man, st- grimy. You keep your yeah. head was, in that it was, yeah. space. It was rough, you know? Yeah, and it, uh, it, it can tire you out. And but that's the job. And um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about. I shouldn't talk about this now. I'm thinking about next season. Yeah, no, <laughs> and and, yeah. and you can pre- prepare for it and prepare for it mentally and think about like we were just talking about yeah. not mm-hmm. talking yeah. for the weeks before because right, that's right. I got my year scheduled out. And that's all the whole planning thing, planning yeah. your energy and where you're going to use it. Yeah. I, I can already see I will have two months, a month and a half, two months of nothing. Yeah. And that's great. That's just where I need it. And yeah. I'll just shut my mouth and stop in here for a lunch and yeah. I'll just get myself <laughs> ready to play Saul again. Right. And um, Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. Um, that took us a while to, because we I would slip up, I think, more than I, anybody. I still do it, too. But, yeah. but there's the nothing set. you can do but... Um, you can't do the acting. Writing is different because you can you can go look. If I'm worried about right, I can go in a room and shut the door and start working on that thing, mm-hmm. solving mm-hmm. that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't do that with acting. You just have to you have to get yourself physically and mentally so that when that time yeah. comes, then you can do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't do it now. I yeah. can't do anything about it right now. That's and a good so point. it's a it's a weird thing. The things you have control over are just making making it so that when we do get to that day yeah. uh, that I will be able to have the best shot at playing this thing well. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the reasons being in Albuquerque is good. Okay. Because yeah. I'm there to work. You know, yeah, yeah. We're there to do this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, your life is very simple. And uh, I need to eat, sleep, and act. And that's it. And uh, Poop. Good. I, you know, I fit that in. It fits itself in. Can I, can I, can I just say one more thing about that scene? Is Kelly. Kelly did an Kelly amazing, did Kelly job. and Chris did an amazing, yeah. amazing job in, in cutting that scene. That was a not an easy scene to cut. It was hard. It was really hard. What was it was the hardest very thing about it? Me talking uh, through the just whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but there are like twelve or thirteen hours of dailies too, yeah, right? There was oh. a lot of dailies. Yeah. So many people yeah. all talking. So many people. To was cover. there ever an issue with the physical, the geography of it? Uh, I never had an issue with the geography. The thing that was hard was, um, you know, it was like what did you say? Like the day one and two of shooting. And I think that people um, getting used to each other and uh, stopping and starting was the hardest part. You mean the scene stopping? Yeah, and starting. stopping. It was and starting such a big, it's such a big scene. Was hard that, that we couldn't. You know, you could. It was hard to get all the way through without having to. It's two. a one act. The yeah. whole scene is one. We whole didn't even. Act. Sh- we didn't yeah. even. I mean, the only time we got through the whole scene, I don't even think. I mean, we we if we'd been shooting film, we couldn't have gotten through no. the, the scene yeah. actually because it was. 13 minutes, 15 yeah, it's like, minutes it's like or something like that. We need to talk yeah. about that at some yeah. point. Yeah. 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 And also, I have to say, it was, video. it was really fun to write, though. Yeah. It it, was, you know what? It was fun to it write. It was one of those scenes that was really fun having had directed it. Yes. <laughs> in hindsight. It was great. And also, just to add to it, Michael Mando really puts on a show. Michael Mando. And Michael worked a lot with you on his character. Yeah, he did. Both in that scene and the scene in the office. Yeah, and with you too, Bob. You were really generous there. You know, credit, he... 
he was sorting out his character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy to do when you feel like the choices you're making are commitments you're making yeah. to mm-hmm. this character for the for his story and the and when you're starting up yeah. and you're like, I really don't know this guy, I have my uh, conjecture based on the script, but I haven't talked to the writers that much, and now here we are, and we're yeah. doing it, and what I say, and how I act, and how smart I look, and how much I'm aware. Yeah. All these are things I'm choosing yeah. that yeah. I'm going to have to now. And live we would with. play right. with it. We tried, you know, we would try some different things, and especially in the office, you know, that and was. He's a really thoughtful guy, super and thoughtful, a, a sensitive, yeah. thoughtful, caring guy, Michael Mando, right on and he Black. wanted great, great to show. do this right, and he wanted to make the choices that made sense to him, but that fit with the writer's yeah. plans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he so it was a tough, tough, see, tough uh, episode for him, but he was great. He, you know, he did an amazing job. He was wonderful. And there's a wonderful moment where uh, you connect with him. You know, when, when, when yeah. Jimmy's, Jimmy's on his knees and he's trying to, dis- and this is, you know, it's yeah. in the script, but it, 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 it had a different effect, I think, even than I, than I think we were expecting was Jimmy's trying to figure, who do I address my concern? Who can I, yeah. who can I talk to who's going to be somewhat grounded? How do right. I, mm-hmm. who, do, who do I choose here? Who's the one and non-lunatic? Who's the yeah. non, one non-lunatic? And you connect with uh, Michael Mondo's character, and it's, it, it's, it's nice. And it's, of course, you know, it's what we were hoping for. Well, you, it's, you, it was in the script, Peter. I mean, you wrote that, that you know, Jimmy is, is looking, and he has that moment where he has to make a decision. Am I going to go with Nacho, or am I going to go with Tuco? Right. You know, and there's and that was a really telling moment. And you have to, leading up to that, you've got to give him some belief in Nacho is the, is the calm, yeah. you know, uh, smart, Raymond, reasonable Tuco one. Raymond Tuco had, had the question of, like, I'm a character who doesn't listen to anyone. Yeah. Right? Yes. So why am I listening to Nacho? Right. And and I don't know. You'd have to ask him about his logic, but there he did work his way through that to the the thought that I know he talked about. Um, there was this thing of like, well, not, everybody has a consigliere, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe to Tuco, this guy's the professor, Nacho. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's right. the. You know. Well, and and Michael was really smart on how he managed that with Tuco because right. if if you go too far too soon with Tuco, mm-hmm. he's not going to listen to you. Right. So he's got he's got a really nice balance there. And I also have to say that I when on Breaking Bad, I never got to work with Raymond Cruz, so I was very excited that I got to work with him on uh, he's Better such Call a pro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and uh, of course seeing Gonzo and Nodos again yeah, from yes. uh, Breaking yeah. Bad, that was awesome. Seeing uh, uh, Cesar Garcia and. Jesus Pian Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it is pronounced Jesus uh, in his case. I Jesus Jr. Yeah, he's a sweet guy. The, the big guy. He's the big guy. They're and both, both those guys are great. And what you guys wrote for him to say, stop helping. Yes. Because <laughs> stop helping. This is him helping even before <laughs> Tuco kills him in Breaking Bad. That's, uh, that's right. There was for a, helping. There was Spoiler a nod, for the, nod for the fans who uh It was great Breaking seeing those two guys again. Yes, great catching up with them. Great, well, great guys. Yeah. The other thing, too, because, you know, one of the things I liked – about this script especially is we get to see more glimpses of Saul Goodman. Yeah. You know, Jimmy comes in and he's wheeling and dealing with Tuco in his living room when Abuelita, when Tuco's grandmother comes out. Um, and and Abuelita, how great was she? Miriam, Miriam, Miriam so Who, I gotta say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I gotta, because in case we don't get to it, Miriam who played, uh, Al Pacino's mother in the movie Scarface. Scarface, yeah. another Wonderful. Scarface alum. Another yeah. Scarface alum. We're, gonna, we're eventually trying to get the whole cast in. And what I also noticed, and this was like way later after I've been editing the show for a while, um, 
is like I noticed that the production design in the garage especially was fantastic yeah. because all of Tuco's old toys are in the garage. I think there's even a, a like a little baby potty or something. Yeah. There's like there's like um, um, rocking horses. Well, could be his. All kinds they, of like they, they cool had that old for me, actually, toys of Tuco's in the in the garage. Like like grandma. The set. Those are actually like no. Totally those been, are all no doses. Right. He's still using them. <laughs> she's totally she's totally been saving that stuff. You know, can you guys talk a little bit? We talked to last week about um, Chuck and his issue. But I'd like you to talk a little bit more about Chuck because uh, when Jimmy comes home drunk that night um, and Chuck finds, you know, Jimmy, you've you've actually had us note a couple of times now when Jimmy comes over, he takes his phone out of, yeah. and he puts his keys, the key fob that is electrified right. got into, a battery, the, yeah. into the, uh, yeah, it's got a battery, into the mailbox. Yeah. And, and he also touches something outside to ground He's got himself a grounding rod like a, um, yeah. before he comes in well chuck in the first two episodes at least um he he's always like jimmy is that you did you ground yourself it's always did you ground yourself well this evening jimmy's drunk um and he does not ground himself and so uh you know he comes in bob is to- totally funny too um, when you come in drunk, you and play you, a great drunk. You go great down drunk. the it's stairs. A it's a really good walk. drunk. You really do. It's a you great drunk walk because it's not too much. He was really everything. drunk, but <laughs> that was that always method acting. No. <laughs> and um, but anyway, so you can talk a little bit about throwing the phone. I know you guys have a nice story about when, oh, when Chuck talked. I was there for that, that too. Phone. That, that was, was awesome. awesome. But, but also importantly, yeah. I want I want you guys, you and uh, Peter as well, to talk about the significance of the space blanket and what that means and why Jimmy is really, really insistent on Chuck in the next scene, Chuck, take the space blanket off. So, go for it. Talk about the cell phone. Okay, so uh, we shot most of that scene obviously on stage and inside the Chuck's house is a, is a set it's a, set, a beautiful yes. set it's a beautiful set. beautiful, beautiful set. Tony and uh, W. Gilpin yeah. and, and the, great, the, both their crews yeah. great set and um, and so we shot in there and the uh, only shot that we owed was uh, when Michael throws the cell phone outside uh, on the grass yeah. and Vince w- Vince and I had to share some days just scheduling things so Vince had a scene that um he owed for the pilot outside the uh, the house. Yeah. So I was just piggybacking on it to grab a shot of Michael throwing the phone. So we didn't have a lot of time. We had we basically set the camera up, one shot, and we thought, you know, we'll just give it a couple of throws. If 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 we get it, great. If we don't, we'll we'll move on. It'll yeah. be fine. And um, so we showed Michael ideally where we'd like the phone to And he land. had to throw it with some tongs. And he had to throw, had to throw it with throw some with tongs. tongs. And it was, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know, 50 feet or something? It was pretty far. I I, it might not have been that far, but it was feet. it was a very hard a was very hard spot to hit. Right. Yes. And so we pointed the spot in front of the camera. It might have been 50 feet. It might have yeah. been 50 yeah, feet. Yeah, it might, yeah, it might be right, yeah. <laughs> and Michael throws it. Take one was completely lame. We thought we were never going to get it. And then on the second take, he throws the phone. It lands about 10 feet from the camera and bounces off the ground and lands perfectly in the spot that we asked him to hit. Oh, it was astounding. And we all just stood there with our mouths yeah, hanging over. Gonna, yeah, and I just said, okay, cut. Well, we won't be trying that again because it doesn't get any better. Because <laughs> I remember I was standing there next to you at the monitor and the first one was like so far off that right. I thought, oh shit, because Michelle was very, very, uh, 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 being very much a good uh, sport about 
uh, doing it as quickly as possible because I had to I had to finish the rest of the episode one stuff so she was being very communal uh you know sharing the 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 set and and getting her stuff done as quick as possible that first throw was like i thought oh shit we're gonna be here all night to get this one (laughs) and then the second one was so perfect it literally could not have been anymore. Yeah, I, I, my it, only concern is that people are going to think it's an effect shot. People will think it was an effect shot. It's not. It was not. It wasn't. Everything else is only It was a pizza on the roof shot. So can you guys talk about the space blanket? I mean, as I mean, I think it's 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 Linus's blanket from Peanuts. I mean, it's except that I imagine there is some science to it. Or some not not real science, but quasi science, pseudoscience. I, I mean, guess. it's at mylar. It's a mylar blanket. Mylar was invented, I believe, for the space program. It's it's a it's a, it's a poly it's a thin polyester film with uh, aluminum deposited on one side of it. So it's an aluminized plastic uh, blanket. And and I guess the thought being, you know, if 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 metal. You know, if you know, if my tinfoil hat can keep uh, the uh, the radio waves from space uh, from our alien or- overlords out of my brain, then maybe the uh, the blanket could keep the electricity off. Them. I don't. A, I don't think fa- it literally would work. It's a Faraday cage that you can uh, wrap around yourself. Yeah. And, but and you know, one of the things I loved about that scene, I loved about the way you guys play, was I love scenes where characters repeat the same words, but the the actors are kind of giving, enriching it. And so I love the the fact, the way you guys repeat, you know, just take the space blanket off. Oh, take yeah. the space place blanket take off. Space it, I kept on thinking, open the pod bay doors, Hal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something in the urgency of uh, Jimmy. And I think, you know, Jimmy Jimmy's, in my mind anyway, Jimmy's basically saying, you know, I'm in the clear, man. There's no reason for you to freak out. I didn't. I'm not. It's right. not what it looks like. And uh, it just, I just, I love. And I'm. And it's another. In the both those scenes, uh, that you guys partner so well, and you just I really, do, you really do seem. You do seem like brothers. You uh, care you so really much do. about him. It is. It is such a treat to direct Bob Odenkirk and Michael McKean. Oh, I mean, yeah. I was so excited, oh, yeah. and it was. It was a dream. Me too. I was. I felt the same way. I was very nervous. Mm-hmm. That first scene between you two guys in episode one. I was very nervous because I was like, God, these two. These two, uh, just man, these guys are so goddamn well, funny and so talented. I was, I was very, I was nervous every day I directed, but I was very nervous in particular. And that, that was day. another long. That was a whole act. That was a whole scene. act, pretty much. I was Good nervous. God. Had you met Michael or uh, worked with him before? I worked with Michael on Mr. Show. Oh, that's right. Oh, shit, Michael that's right. did a guest yeah. spot where he played a professor. Yes. In a very funny scene. Uh, He's a law professor, which is built out of the the line. Uh, the, you know, look to your right, look to your left. One of these people will not be graduating. <laughs> and, then, and then he has to leave the room, and then I'm the substitute, or I'm the student assistant, assistant, and he says, take over for me, and then I carry on from there and say things like, look up, look down. Okay, uh, you will be walking on either the floor or the roof when you're done. <laughs> he just starts bullshitting, you know, like, uh, one, one of you people will... Was you know. there a winery or a, anyway? And he just it's, it's just it's crazy. Wonderful. It's a great stuff. That's great. And uh, Michael, I was crazy knocked out that he would do it because I've been a fan of his oh, yeah. since I was a younger man. Uh, Spinal Tap certainly, and okay, even before yeah. then. Oh yeah. And uh, so when we had him on Mr. Show, that was nuts, and uh, we got to meet him and talk to him, and he was great and enjoyed doing the scene and i 
you know, I never thought, you know, I'd get to work with him again or in anything as substantial as this and work so closely with him. And I just had, it's just great to be working with him. And it's, he's yeah. such a good actor. He's such a good guy. And he, yeah. he digs into this role and he plays it with such emotion and frailty and uh, he's wonderful in yeah. this role. Yeah. He really feels like he's going to crack. Yeah. inside yeah. and Very and yet he's a strong yeah. character in some ways too who's like sure of himself and yeah. it's just great 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 and um you ever talk to him about spinal tap because that was oh, the first sure. thing, that was the first thing i asked i was asking all about spinal yeah tap. i mean yeah. i mean he 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 talks about i think when something lives as long as that has mm -hmm. lived in yeah. for people and for so many people yeah there's always a uh, looking back at the uh, simple origins of it, him and his yeah. friends making this uh, demo reel, which you can watch on YouTube. Oh, yeah? Oh, yes. I you can watch that. the demo. It's a two-part thing. It's like 10 minutes long, Yeah. all both parts. And it's him and Chris Guest and Harry Shearer and Rob Reiner doing like... There are scenes that ended up in the movie yeah. in this demo reel. Wow. But there's a lot of That's very cool. makeshift stuff with also really, really shitty uh, wigs. Okay, yeah, yeah. The wigs are probably not as good. I yeah. remember. Yeah. That was on the Laserdisc, too, I think. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, crap. If anybody has a Laserdisc player. How did I not see that? One of the things I've learned in this, one thing. yeah. I've learned in this year, Bob, is the intimate connection between wigs and comedy. Yeah. <laughs> wigs are a big part of comedy. It's, I remember. I'll never. I remember seeing Spinal Tap when it came out, 1984, on Broad Street Cinemas in Richmond, Virginia, next to the old Baskin Robbins, and then the and now it's like a TGI Fridays or a Ruby Tuesdays or something, and the whole place got torn down. But it was me, and one other guy. There was like me and a fat guy. It was literally the only two people in the in the movie theater, and we're both of us. And he was sitting like we're sitting like like as far apart as possible, because like when you're in an elevator. And we're both laughing our asses off, <laughs> just like this is the greatest movie I've ever yeah. seen. And then, yeah. I like, I'm leaving. I'm looking at the guy, and he looks at me, and we're like, "Yeah, okay. I, I, that was that was awesome." Okay, okay. I was I like, theater in Chicago. It wasn't. It, it was just a little indie theater on the north side on Clark Street, and there was like eight people in the audience. And same feeling of like, well, I'd, I knew the credibility gap. So I knew these guys and how funny they were together. Um, that was a radio yeah. comedy group that right. Michael was in. Right. And of course, I'd seen a lot of stuff since then that they'd done. But that thing with the Stonehenge. Oh, the Stonehenge. <laughs> that was the, that where he writes it on the napkin and... How tall is it? 17 18 inches? inches. 18 inches. It's supposed to be 18 feet. And when he feet. puts inches and you're like, he didn't just put inches on it. There's no way that, like, that's like a flub in the film. Or, <laughs> right. mm, like they left that in. Right, right, right. Well, they're wrong about it. It's not inches. And then the 18-inch thing comes down. Because it's done so quietly and subtly when it's done. It's beautiful. There's nothing, it's not pointed to, like in comedy, you usually point to it. You know, and it just was done so well. Yeah. And... God, that was the greatest, one of the great moments. Such a great in movie. Entertainment. And you know, it's such a great movie because it's not just funny, which it is. It's hilariously funny. But the more I've seen it, and I've probably watched it 10 or 12 times since that first viewing. And it's like, uh, you just want to hang. The best movies for me are like this, like Jaws and Spinal Tap. They sound like they have nothing in common with one another. 
But I always say that Jaws is a great movie because you could leave the shark out of Jaws completely, and I'd still want to hang out with those guys on that boat. I still want to hang out with these bunch of losers with their loser right. heavy metal band because they're just mm. – I just want to hang out with these guys. And it's and not just because it's funny, because there's some really poignant moments in that movie. It's a great, great stuff. Oh, yeah, there are. Um, Michelle, did you want to talk about shooting a little bit of that montage? One oh. thing one thing I will say before you do that is mm-hmm. at this point, um, doing a lot of that, just editing that with the outtakes, this is one of the places where I really, really started to notice, A, how hard you were working, but B, um, what I, I really found special, and I've talked to these guys about it many times, and Chris, I've talked his ear off about it, but... I loved how nice you were to everyone else. Only when the cameras are on. No, not true. <laughs> not true. Not start. true. <laughs> no, no. But it's it's like I what I found was that I, I think I even told you this, Vincent. I think I to, I definitely told you, Michelle, when we were working together, that I think this was where I, I'm going to admit it. I I started to fall in love with Jimmy, and to let you know, everybody, all the women in the office have fallen in love with Jimmy. It's true. I hear um, it every day. Um, <laughs> just to clarify, but, that's Jimmy. But it's Jimmy. Jimmy. Um, but the thing is, is that is that what what I started to notice was it didn't matter in that court in in all that courthouse how scummy the people were there was just this compassion for all of them that I really felt was very very honest and real and um and that's you know that's I think because we're only on episode two so we had no idea and I was like, I remember at that point at least saying to Chris, there is, I cannot believe that this guy, meaning Bob Odenkirk, has gotten us all to the point where we feel like we, I, there was no way that I thought that I would ever feel this kind of feeling for Saul Goodman. And we care about Jimmy McGill. Yeah. And it was like, and it's these little things that start to come into the uh, in, in in into the story as as the story progresses and we get to know more and more about Jimmy and and he has so much heart yeah. like mm-hmm. Saul Goodman was a slimy dude well, and, and, know, and it's, Jimmy it's, has so well, much heart but and like, he cares. like Bob was saying in that in last week's uh, podcast uh, that you know Saul Goodman is a persona mm-hmm. yeah. so I'm sorry well, no you? I was just gonna say that that we talked about that a lot in that. This this is not Saul. Yeah. This is Jimmy, yeah. and that and 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 all of us in this room, uh, Peter and Vince and Bob and I, we we talked about the fact that we want to see a really hardworking, dedicated, yeah. Yeah. Uh, heartfelt lawyer. You know, yeah. this guy really cares about his job, and he cares about the people he's representing. And you know, nobody's yeah. too too small or too big or whatever. And, and and that he's very very dedicated. And that's what we really wanted to sell in this montage. And that this is. This is very different from Saul. This is he's not Saul yet. Yeah, yeah. But, we, For me, the but we do see glimpses of Saul when he does all yeah. this arguing and when he convinces Tuco, hey, not two legs, just one leg right. each. One yeah, leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. of that is is wonderful glimpses of but the guy. But he feels so bad about he feels it. So bad he feels about so bad about that it. That horse yeah. trading scene in that amazing uh, act two of this episode, so well directed, so well acted. That that horse trading. And so well written, Peter. Great, great nice. horse trading because it's simultaneously funny and horrifying. I mean, it just, I'm riveted every time I see it because it's, I mean, as he says at the end of the act, you know, I'm, I'm the world's greatest lawyer. I talked you down from a death sentence yeah. to six months probation. But even that six months probation is, is horrible to behold. 
Yeah. Watching these guys get their legs stomped on by this maniac is is it's brutal and it's and it's you know it's kind of thing that he's never going to forget that image you know it's yeah. awful and he is not completely responsible but he he bears it's all in how you look at it but you know those guys wouldn't have been out there scamming that particular person if not for Jimmy McGill saying hey I got a job for you so so there's a lot of these guys this horrible uh, injury they sustain he's feeling guilty for it he's feeling bad about the whole thing it's that's of course they could have they should have kept their mouth and shut. that was one of the reasons why we really felt the restaurant scene the bar scene was so yeah. important and yeah. you know it just you know it's a very complicated episode and we had to really decide you know there were things that were on the chopping block that we were thinking about cutting and that was yeah. one of them and, and I I just felt so strongly that we had to see that this guy is not Saul Goodman. That if he, those two guys get stomped, mm-hmm. yeah. there's there's an effect on him. There's yeah. an effect. Well, there's an effect in the pit of his stomach, yeah. and it's not going to just go away. And yeah. that and that and this is a huge credit to you, Bob. That delivery of that line, "I'm the best lawyer you've ever had," mm-hmm. was so tricky. Yeah. And 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 we also the sun was going down. We had one oh, one that. shot, right, one right. setup to to get this, and and then we had the B we camera. We start doing shooting the, at five thirty at night. We did. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like to shoot. Right. Right. Every, like, every like story we tell here is the sun was going down. <laughs> <laughs> but That's you did true. such a great delivery in that in that moment because the innuendo yeah. there, and then you truly believe it as well, which is great. I got yeah, a question. Like even like I said in the outs of the montage stuff it's like even when you know he's giving up his own belt and he's you know it's one thing and that's to one of my favorite moments it's it's but great. it's another thing you could just see the heart and the and he just cares and yeah. he's fighting yeah. hard he's for like guy. the guy who's like what's yeah. the guy you know we don't we never see the 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 guy he's defending but you know he's like with the other attorney and i heard that you oh, really, yeah, really yeah. like the the other attorney oh that guy did a great job the other actor oh that guy uh petty, petty with a prior petty with a prior oh, oh he was great he did great i i love that moment his name is peter deseth yeah. I apologize for pronouncing it wrong. He did, he did a great job. He and did I a love great that job. moment in the yeah. lobby when you guys finally make the agreement and you go in opposite directions. That is a perfect example why having the music ahead of time is extremely helpful. We played that song all day, practically, yeah. you know, and, except when we were doing the dialogue pieces. But there, we'd start the music and then we'd cut the music so that we could get record the dialogue. But it was nice. really helpful helpful for timing for everybody yeah, to pace. yeah to feel yeah. that to feel that pace. Well, uh, of course, the whole scene, the whole sequence is a, a big uh, big uh, wet kiss to uh, the movie uh, uh, All That Jazz, mm-hmm. directed by Bob Fosse. Yeah, wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. Showtime, folks. Mm-hmm. Great, great scene. I just watched but the other things yeah. too is like at one point, like it, the, you wrote all of those scenarios out, Peter. It's not sometimes you'll get guys um, or women that write, you know, in their scripts montage, nothing else, you know. And you wrote all those scenarios out. You even had like you told pocket dialogue for them. But there was one like where you wrote specific things where um, uh, Saul, I mean, excuse me, Jimmy would come out with and and he'd have to deal with Mike with the no tickets. Mm-hmm. And I remember being here, like I think you guys were actually working in the writer's room one weekend. And I was like here working that weekend. And I remember seeing that stuff and I'm like, okay, I know you wrote only one, but Michelle, you shot a lot of stuff for those. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and so I thought, let me see what else I can, you know, wrangle out of these well, two guys. Well, the thing is, though, is we, I'd always planned that we'd, you know, we'd, keep there was coming a, yeah, back. there would be keep coming back. So, I mean, I always say that, you know, really great writing allows us to then 
right you know, take it to the to the next step because yeah. it in, in, inspires you and inspires the actors and and everybody so um you have to when you're doing a montage you got to plan mm-hmm. how you're going to cut the whole thing you got to plan what your transitions are going to be you got to plan yeah, you know yeah. so if you're if you're thinking about doing extra stuff which which we do or if you're thinking about doing something that is because because i don't know if you remember peter but we asked for a lot of that pocket dialogue because right. of you know moments that we came up with that we felt like you know yeah. we're gonna we're gonna need some some yeah. pocket dialogue for this um and you have to you have to pre-plan every right. single bit of that and to have you know the writing that allows you to then take that and and play with it and have some fun and and um and come up with something like that then you have all those moments you know um, right because it was one of my concerns as i was writing it was this is a whole series of days but there's no exteriors you know there's only mm-hmm. one exterior yeah and I, I i tried writing it with one of the one of my original drafts actually started with him in his office and i realized wait a minute we don't know yet in the story that he lives there oh, behind right. the nail right. salon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that so was the I, next I, thing I wanted. Was, that was ver- that was verboten. So I had to I had to I had to re- rethink the whole thing, and so that was why you know that was why I wanted to keep going back. That was the other thing that. I wanted to get yeah. at was that the nail salon. You got ha- you got. It's almost like when we read the script first, we we're like, oh my gosh. That's coming back now too. The nail salon because oh, yeah. we wanted Walter right. to invest in the nail salon. Wanted uh, Jesse to invest in the nail salon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then I, I love how you have him learn the Vietnamese. Ciao, caco, ladies. Ciao, caco. Ciao, caco, ladies. I love those ladies. ladies. Are a lot of fun. They too. are wonderful. Yeah. They're wonderful, love sweet being ladies. A part of the show. And, oh, good. Yeah. and they all very helpful. Yeah, very Real sweet. Nice. Michelle, you want to talk about the rig that you built to to cover that that shot? Sure. Um, so the uh, the chairs yeah. uh, were up against the wall. Big, big built-in yeah. chairs. This is the first, the, the first um, time we see Bob. Pedicure chairs. With the foot bath. Yeah. In yeah. the nail salon in this right. episode where he right. comes in. And the there was a, a fish tank uh, at the start of the row of, of these chairs. And I thought, wow, wouldn't it be fun if Jimmy comes through the door and we start through the fish tank, we see Jimmy come in, and we're looking over top of the women's feet having a pedicure, and then we move down over the keeping the feet in the foreground with uh jimmy as he's walking through the salon and and do that all in one shot well of course you have to have a place to put the camera and there's women attached you to these feet it's such a great shot because it never dawned on me just how hard it w- must have been to get that shot well yeah. so well i went to shot. aubrey our, our key grip and charlie and his guy and, and aubrey's guys and i said look this is the shot that i'd like to do what, what do you guys think? How can we do it? Yeah. And so they went away and thought about it, and they and they said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna build this rig. Yeah. Um, for it's like it's like grip scaffolding. It's like yeah. mini it's mini speed rail. Speed rail. Yeah. It's speed yeah. rail. Thank yeah. you. And then they hung the camera from it, so the camera was because because we I mean you could do this type of thing with a techno crane, but first of all, we don't have the time or we money no to money have for a, a techno crane, and and it would have taken forever just to get it in and out of that. Techno crane is like sort of a telescoping arm right. that the camera sits on the end of that can go back. So we're and talking forth. about the the the, I don't want to say poor man's version because this, this yeah. is not a, a poor show by any means, but it's just, it's the, the it's what we had to do and thanks to our grips. And so they hung this camera 
uh, from this rigging, and then they uh, pulled it. I guess they pulled it with a rope. I can't even remember what they Is pulled that what it, it with. Was? I can't remember whether they. Wow. I can't remember how they actually moved it along. But anyway, it was on rails, and they pulled it across. With, well, with it hanging, and these women just had to lean back in the chairs, and, so and we got the shot. The and they had it all prepped exactly. They yeah. had it all ready when we showed up, and it was actually a really big rig. And I thought, oh my gosh, is this going to take forever to get this thing out of here? Nope, it was so fast. We got the shot in a couple of takes. Nice. They pulled that rigging out of there faster than we could get the next shot set up. So nice. it was the, the grips did an amazing job, you and it was a fun shot. You know, and, and everyone loves when they get to do something different like that. It is. I mean, it, yeah. it's just when you yeah. set a challenge like that, and, and you know we. We were all at that location, but it took the eye of Michelle McLaren to think no, of that particular that's shot. True. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that's true. I would have never thought of that. By the way, you can you can go to that spa, that to that nail salon in Albuquerque. They are wonderful people. Just be uh, pleasant and uh, polite and tip very very uh, uh, tip Generous. very generously uh, if you go and, and <laughs> treat them with respect. They're and good good Saul folks. Gomez's office is not in the back. <laughs> no, there is there is nothing Jimmy in the McGill's back. Office is there, not is, in the back. <laughs> there is nothing in the back to go see. That shot at a whole different location on, you, a, on a you, sound stage. You can, however, call the phone number. That's yeah, right. That you can true. call the if you want. Yes, and you might get a fun uh, uh, message. Uh, oh God, go late. Uh, from Mrs. <laughs> Nguyen, played by Eileen Fogarty, mm-hmm. uh, very sweet lady. Uh, the lady who runs the place in the show is, is does not actually work there in real life. Although most of the other, not all, but most of the other ladies actually do. And so we we find out that Jimmy actually is not living at Chuck's house. He's living at the office, which is about the size of a bathroom. Has um, a tiny little office. I didn't he's want got the walls. Vince, Vince he's got wanted a that office of smaller like, I wanted and that smaller office even and smaller. smaller. It was unbelievable. And I did not want the walls to be able to fly, because because anyone who complains about uh, how small it is is a weenie. And just got to make it. Well, it I just want to tell everybody I he's got a huge smile on his face right now because care. all those walls fly. You know, <laughs> you know they all do. <laughs> Meaning that real. you can take the walls out to shoot. Yeah, because otherwise it, it would literally would have been impossible. Yeah. It was it was fun to see it on this enormous sound stage. This little this little tiny wooden thing, barely bigger than a couple two it's phone like books. Size of an outhouse. Put together, like, it looked yeah. like an, it looked like yeah. an outhouse, and then yet and yet. Uh, it contains so much. And so we've got, so we, we, Jimmy has a total routine about taking the office, moving everything to like lay down in the little hide a bed that he has and, and, uh, and then uh, having to put it back together quickly because Nacho has come actually to make him a very interesting proposal. It was fun. It's very Keaton-esque. Back, back in and, the day when they had Murphy beds. Yeah. Yeah. But it was and funny Bob, because at that point I was like, you know, I remember saying, this guy works so hard and he lives in this little place. How can you not feel sad yeah, for I him? Yeah, I love the guy. Just, yeah, you do. You know, this, you is a li- this is a little thing, but the, the lamp on the desk that falls over, that – Bob accidentally did that. Like it just in the in the w- that wasn't planned, and it was so great that, that went we, with we went with it, with it with and we it. stayed with it. Thank goodness we nice. we uh, were able to match it because we had to do more than one take, mm-hmm. and this wonderful lamp would just yeah. fall over fall on cue. Over, yeah. But then touch. of course Bob had to keep bumping the the desk the same way and that's, stuff. And that's it, one it side was, of acting that people don't know about mm-hmm. is that there's there's the the side of I mean there's all the, there's the emotional the sides physical. of it that we talked about, the but there's the physical yeah. thing and and. <laughs> And a, and a really terrific actor. And boy, does it like get Bob, physical later. You know, it's very, you know, there's a, there's a certain grace and an ability of how he handles the props and, the, and things like that lamp and so physical on. Physical things, yeah. I love that stuff, fun stuff. I love driving. I love work, maneuvering your way through a scene or whatever. I love hitting those marks. It's fun. 
it, it's like a sixth sense and when you hit it and you feel <laughs> and they say you nailed it it's good like I'm sure Michael felt like a king when he <laughs> threw that phone and yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm sure he felt like he won a gold medal like he that's the kind the of thing here. that's just, the kind of thing you gotta be you're almost afraid you He's going to throw it and be so astounded himself with the throw he just made that he's just going to stand there and gawk and, like, fuck up the rest of the shot. <laughs> That's well, where you know, the craft it, comes. Vince, that, you're right. That's where the craft comes because yeah. it sounds funny me pointing out the lamp. But Bob could have very easily in that point because it took a long time to, to pack up the office and unpack the office. He yeah. stayed in character. And he, you know, in that moment made a choice that that's, that's what it's going to be. Sure. And if he had broken it, we would have we would have lost that that moment because yeah. we stayed in that sequence for, yeah. for so long so it was oh, that yeah. was really cool so i mean i guess this kind of brings us sort of towards the end you know do you want to talk a little bit about how we end up because it's, it's an, i guess it's sort of an unusual ending it's it sort of leaves us kind of teetering and not really sure well it's and and the writers probably uh even they can better talk, to talk, they can talk about it but too. the <laughs> <laughs> the you know it's, to me it was a very poignant moment because uh jimmy is jimmy he's not saul yet but this is uh, Nacho's laying the groundwork, yeah. and he's yeah. giving him a little tidbit uh, to bite into in the future. And so, the when he's walking out, when Nacho's leaving the salon, and and Bob's got the matchbook in his hand, and he's he's just been made this proposal. There's just that moment where he's he's thinking about it. You know, it just it's very subtle, yeah. but he's given Nacho's given him food for thought and. You're, you're planning a seed. Now, I don't know where the rest of the season is going because I've chosen to uh, not know because right. I want to be I surprised. Keep, I keep feeling yes. like you know the way wow. it no. goes. That's right. No. You don't. You read them, I, really. No, oh, I, wow. I was, you guys That's very right. kindly offered, and That's I right. said, you know what? I have I have not had the privilege of, uh, you know, just, just seeing it unfold. So I, I, I knew certain things that I needed to know for, for directing the episode, but, um, yeah, right. but I don't know everything. Thing that's coming, so I'm very excited to see it. But I, I did. Uh, it kind of peters out after this. Yeah. One. <laughs> yeah, we, it's all downhill. We kind of ran. We ran out of stuff we ran out of steam. after this. <laughs> what I love about that that scene with uh, with Michael Mondo and the way you, the way you played it is that it's it's almost like uh, Nacho see, looks at Jimmy and sees Saul. And Saul, yes. and he's saying, "I'm not Saul Goodman. I'm not a criminal." And yet, and he yet, sees it's, the it's almost yeah. these. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if Nacho has seen what what yeah. Jimmy will become. Yeah, and that's it's, it's and like, that's yeah. intensely uncomfortable for yeah. for Jimmy. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, it's, it's he's that guy who's drunk, and people are telling him to sit down. Mm-hmm. You know, you you know, but he's he's he's. This is a guy who, and we may see more of this in the future. But the idea of someone who other people define, who other people see more clearly than perhaps he himself sees himself it's a it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting moment i love that moment he says he says i'm not i'm, I'm not a criminal and and nacho says you've got to be shitting me i mean it's just yeah. it's it's a great moment yeah. because we michael did such a great job did such that. a great yeah. job and and it would not carry the freight that it carries emotionally for the audience if we don't know if we didn't know who Saul Goodman is? If we hadn't had that, that uh, if you know, if we haven't seen where it, where it's all heading, it's a it's a very interesting show for for me as a writer in in the sense of if you know again if you saw that scene you know I'm not a criminal yeah you are but we didn't know this was the only thing that existed there was no mm-hmm. Breaking Bad it wouldn't it wouldn't resonate it it's uh, it's very interesting it's a it's a challenge and a and a blessing every week to 
to know where we have to get to eventually. And some days it's like, how are we even going to get there story-wise? But so it's true. very interesting to have this extra emotional uh, weight based on, on the knowledge that we possess about who this guy will become. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I'm so excited to see next I week. I can't wait for you to see next week oh, and, yeah. and uh, the other, the, 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 yeah, the, the, the eight, that, uh, the seven that follow that. So. Yeah, next next week is uh, Tom Schnauz. Oh, the awesome week, Tom The awesome Schnauz. Tom Schnauz. And the awesome Terry McDonough, who directed oh, the original Saul Terry. Goodman episode. That's right. That's so that's it's I you know got a good bunch of directors, great bunch of directors and writers and actors. We are very lucky, and uh, so hopefully, uh, well, if you guys aren't into it anymore, listening to this, you probably tuned out of the podcast too. But uh, hopefully, everyone's still <laughs> only around. Die, only the diehards stick uh, around this long. <laughs> my mom is listening. So thanks, <laughs> thanks, mom. I bet my mom is also probably listening, too. (laughs) So thanks, you guys, for coming. Appreciate it. Um, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I just want to say it has been such an incredible thrill working on Better Call Saul. It is such an honor. I love you guys, and thanks for having me. I love you, too. We're so happy you were able to come in and do the episode. I'm so proud of you. It was an honor. Thank you. Great job. So, yeah, join us next week. Um, We're going to be doing episode 103 of Better Call Saul. So without further ado, I'm going to leave it to Bob to close us out. Better Call Saul.